I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped, streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. Jay here for Stratford Paddock. That's Joe Smith. This is the Paddock Podcast, yeah? yeah. And I'm going to warn you now. Go on. I'm doing a disclaimer, right? I'm done with yesterday. I'm done with being angry, confused, bewildered, depressed about it. So we're going to have what has been described as a bit of toxic positivity yeah. on this podcast, right? Yeah. And if you're not getting on board, then tough. Yeah. It's our podcast and we'll do what we want. Because we will talk about yesterday, obviously. Yeah. And... Where there is criticisms, there will be criticisms, but there'll also be reasons to be cheerful, yeah. as the song says. Yeah. yeah? Because we've had time now, haven't we? For the dust to settle a little bit, to reflect. Just about. To ponder. Some dust is still Some in the dust air. is still, still in the air. In terms of the stages of grief, where are you at? Let me Google them. Because I know acceptance, denial, anger, bargaining. Um, seven or five. Let's go with seven. Denial, no, I've I got prefer five. even numbers. Denial, which I think I'm... You're like, in denial. I, to be honest, I Tell think them I'm how like, you're in denial, because well, this is like almost a private joke that people need to know what's going on. So technically, yeah. I think we only lost three. I love yesterday. this. I love this about you. So first of all, two of their goals were jammy as you like, so they get scratched off immediately. I think if you look in the yeah. um, FIFA rule book, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it's page 27, paragraph 4, subsection 3.1. Yeah. Yes. It says... Lucky goals don't actually count. Yeah, and also I'm an XG purist, Jay. I've always said that. You and have. they only got 2.9 on XG. So even if you want to just, just go on that, that's they only scored three. Right, okay. okay. They created three, so it's three goals not seven. worth of chances. Fine, so good. We can I'm immediately slash that by about 60%. Yep. Down to 3-0. Then obviously Rashford's chance probably should have gone in, which makes it 3-1. Three one. Three which one. when you think 3-1 at Anfield isn't that bad, is it? Do you know what I mean? Obviously, it's, no. it, you don't want that two-goal margin, which I'm glad, yeah. you know, but I'm glad it wasn't any more than that because that would be embarrassing. Um, so a 3-1, I can handle that. 3-1 is a reasonable result, to be yeah. honest with you. So we've got denial, Go anger, bargain, anger, we've done anger, bargaining, we? which I might be at bargaining, actually. That's what bargaining. we're bargaining there. Depression and acceptance. I think I'm a, I think I'm a, I think I'm a, a bit of bargaining with a sprinkle of acceptance. Yeah, that's nice. Because I'm like, I'll take that loss if it means 
we get our act together yeah. and go big in the cups yeah. and win another trophy. If we finish this season with two trophies, then that 7-0 will be completely, well, kind of forgot about. Do you worry that this could be a sort of the turning point in a bad way this season? This could be the kind of, you know, we look back in, in a month's time and say we've only won two of our last eight games. We're out of both cups and we're sort of barely clinging on to top four. Do you think that's possible? It's possible, but I don't think it'll happen. I think that this manager has proven time and time again already that he can rally the troops. You saw him yesterday. Now, in the past, we've seen managers come out, Oli was the king of it, and be a bit like, not our day today. Yeah. The boys did well. You know, we've all got to look at ourselves, though. We can do better kind of thing. Yeah. Tonight, levelled what is probably the worst insult you can level at a footballer, and that's unprofessional. Yeah. He said, he didn't say... We were the, you know, we were just weren't the better, though they were the better team, or, you know, it was one of those days. He didn't make any. He said we were unprofessional. We didn't do the job you paid to do. Yeah. And he's not having that. This is a man who's won, what is it, three titles in a row, in a row in Holland. Yeah. He's a winner, and he's come here and he signed a lot of these players as well. These aren't the ones he just inherited. No. And when you look at some of the players that he signed and the performances they put in yesterday, you won't accept that. You can say you won't accept it. Now in the past we've seen him making them do extra running. I think Luke Shaw came out and said, like, well, obviously every team does this. This is nothing new. It's going to be difficult to watch when we watch it back. Mm. He's going to go over that game with him. He's going to make him watch it yeah. and go, this is un unacceptable. This is a disgrace. Go through every player who, you know, made mistakes, which is all of them. And I think he's the man to rectify it. The real best game is the one, though, because we have to win that game for me. If we lose, or not lose, if we lose that game, then you start thinking the wheels are coming off here. Yeah. Because whilst Betis are a good team, I think the fourth in the Liga, they're beatable. Yeah. So I feel like he'll get it right. He'll, he'll do what he did after the City game, after the Brentford game, and he'll dish out a few rollickings where he needs to and maybe put an arm around a couple of people. The, my only worry about that is, after the Brentford game, it was like so early in the season, they were basically still playing on last season's form, weren't they? They started last this season, had the end of last season. We still had the rest of the transfer market to go... Um, then after the City game, we hadn't really integrated Casemiro in the team and we've had that sort of uplift since then. The only worry now is, this is the team. This is sort of locked in. Other than getting, you know, Ericsson back, well, that's still going to be another sort of six weeks by the sound of things, maybe longer. And, and, and a Martial sort of thing, but who knows if, it, you know, what, what's going on there. But this is pretty much it. This is full strength. This is a team that's just won a trophy, so it's not as though he's got, you know, many extra gears to find. My only worry is that, that he doesn't have the same options available to him to turn things around. He can't just run with them again. You know, he can't just, he, he, he sort of used that excuse or used that because we were outran by Brighton by so much or Brentford by so much. I, I wonder what he'll do, what his response will be. What do you think it'll be? Do you think it'll be more of a sort of arm around the shoulder situation? They've already played 40 plus games this season. Bruno's played 40 times this season for United. Um, I, I don't think he can run them out of this, if you know no. what I mean. It I think it be might be the other way around. I think it might be something you need a rest. And I think he might have to say, look, Bruno, you played every game, almost every minute of every game. Yeah. You play 40 games, you, mentally you, you, you look you're like you've fallen off a cliff. Maybe take, take him out of the firing line. Casemiro we're overly reliant on. Maybe you can swap him for Sabitzer, just for one game at least. Give him a, you know, a six-day break or whatever, or just a break from playing. Possibly, I know it's difficult because you don't want to take too many out of the team. Possibly one of the defen defensive two. 
comes out like either Martinez or Varane, you just go up, Maguire, you're in for the Betis game. And yeah. to be fair, if Harry Maguire is club captain and an £80 million player, can't play against Real Betis Old Trafford, then he can't play for anyone. Mm. He's got to be able to turn up for that one. It's not that yeah. beyond the realms of, of his capabilities. This is a no. guy that you know was part of a team that finished second not so long ago. So maybe do that. Bringing Aaron Wan-Bissaka at right back is an obvious one. Martial's been training for two weeks. Get him in the team. Yeah. You've been training now for two weeks. There's a game on Thursday you're in. Like, how long does it take? Do you know what I mean? And I'm not one of these who goes, we'll just play through the pain barrier and throw him in. But if you've been training for a couple of weeks, I'm sure you've got to be there thereabouts when it comes to playing. You'd think so, wouldn't you? Jaden Sancho had his three-month break. I'm glad he did. He's on the bench on uh, on Sunday. He can start on Thursday. There's yeah. options here. Yeah. There's players you bring in. We're not, we're not bereft of complete options. The only one we're a bit lightweight with is up front. But if Martial's been training, throw him in. Get him in. Mm. Like, that's one option you can do. And then the Southampton game... The likes of Bruno, Casemiro and Marcus can come back for that. And if you win that, I know it's a big if, but if you do, you win that home game, then it's like, okay, we've put the league result against a Liverpool. Not completely behind us, but we're getting over it. Yeah. And then we can start sort of moving forward. But I think some of these players need a rest because the, like Varane, Casemiro, Martinez, Shaw, Rashford, Marcus, yeah. Bruno are not bad players. And no. they're not bad players having a bad season. They're amongst the best in the world in their position. And they've proven that this season. Yet they were all terrible. Yeah. Now, yes, some of it might be the occasion. Some of it might be that Liverpool were just up for it more than we were. Some of it might be that tactically we were a little bit naive in certain ways we, we approached the game. But by and large, you know, fatigue and mental fatigue has got to play a part in that. Yeah. And also, after that result, you're going to be mentally fatigued. It's going to be horrible. You're going to be like, oh, you know, I've just been battered. So just some of them need a rest. They do. And it's like, one thing that saddens me a little bit, and I'm guilty of it sometimes, is players like Marcus and Bruno, who turn up every week, play every week, they get more stick than yeah. other players that like Martial, for example, or... Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. McTominay or whatever, who doesn't play every week. Yeah. You know, but Bruno and Marcus and players like that get all the stick. Yeah, they're the ones who, we'd be absolutely knackered if it weren't for them two in particular. Yeah. We're so reliant on them. Yeah. You know, and it's, it's a shame And also both of them are players who are consistently asked, fair enough, because it's their job, but consistently asked to play out of position or in positions that aren't their first position. Pretty much everyone else, I mean, Shaw does it. But other than that, Casemiro always gets to play where in his right position. Fred these days gets to play in his right position. Wan-Bissaka, never see him anywhere other than right back. Maguire and, and, and everyone else. I know Lindelof's done a couple of 20-minute stints in central midfield, but generally speaking, it, but like Bruno starts on the right every other week. He started on the left yesterday. Rashford is all across the front three. Bruno is asked to start in the 10. There's a sort of false nine That's ahead of Vegos. Like These are the players that are always willing to sort of be sculpted and moulded into different positions um, for, for what is the best of the team because there are other players in the team who are less, um, what's the word, sort of, or more sort of rigid in where they have to play. And yet it's not the person that can't be adjusted, it's the person that is willing to be adjusted that gets all the stick, which I don't understand. Like, That's Bruno was playing off left wing yesterday. He's not a left winger. 
And that means and, that and Rashford is now not playing in his preferred position because Vegas can't score, so he has to play in the tent. Like, it, it, it's all a bit backwards that the ones that are versatile are the ones that get stick for not playing as well as they usually do when they're playing out of position. That, that doesn't seem fair to me. It doesn't. And you can criticise Bruno or Rashford. Yeah, of course. They had bad games yesterday. I don't, I don't know, I'm not saying you can't and I'll be the first to do that because they were both shocking. But you're right. Like... Bruno Fernandes starts the game in one position and moves at mid-game. And part of the reason that Marcus and Bruno have to do this is because we haven't got the players we need. Yeah. Like, I like Volverkost. He's a good kid. He's a, uh, you know, Ericsson argues the term unprofessional about the players yesterday, but he's a consummate professional. He gets stuck in. You can see why his teammates like him. He brings the others in. In the cup final, you saw what he did. He helped create one of the goals. Like, he can give you something. Mm. But Manchester United should not be going to Anfield with a striker on loan from Burnley, who scored two goals last season. Yeah. I'm sorry, it, we shouldn't. And it's got one in 13. Yeah, that, so like that, like Liverpool have got Nunes, um, Gakpo and Mo Salah. And for me, on the, be oh, on yeah, the sorry, bench, yeah. right, yeah. starting three, I'll get to that, you're right, yeah. but I'll get to that. You've got Nunes, Salah and uh, Gakpo as your front three. All of them capable of banging in, in a full season, 30 goals. Mm. Yeah, could happen, yeah? On the bench, you've got Roberto Firmino, who the Scousers all love, and, you know, he's you can see what, you see what he did when he came on. And Jota, who was banging in goals when he signed from Wolves mm -hmm. for them. Yeah, was absolutely prolific. United have got Marcus Rashford, who gets goals, and that's it. Yeah. Weghorst doesn't score. Anthony's not scored, I think, in the Premier League in months. Mm. Bruno, Fred... Casemiro way in with goals. They're not goal scorers. I know they've scored some recently, but they're not. I'd be shocked if any of them hit 20 goals this season. Yeah. So you're just relying on one man, basically, to yeah. get you the goals, really. Whereas Liverpool have got five yeah. they can look at. And if they were chasing the game in the state, which they weren't, they could have took off Nunes and brought on Jota. Mm -hmm. And it's a different type of player and gives the defence something to think about. We basically could bring on an 18-year-old Jaden Sancho, I don't think he got on the pitch. No. He's been off, off for three months because he's had stuff going on. Anthony Langer, who's not scored for United, or he scored one goal in his last 30 games or something for yeah. Manchester United. Like, you've got to be realistic about that. That isn't good enough. No. And that's not on the players that are there, and that's not on the manager. That's on, probably, and I hate to use this excuse because it seems to, you know, always point the finger, but it's true. The owners are a lack of investment because you should never be in a position in the Manchester United Football no. Club where you've got one striker who's an out and out striker available and that's a kid who scored two goals for Burnley last season yeah like that should never happen and also and obviously i'm not in any way trying to sort of take any blame away from the glazer because they saw the situation and didn't address it but there are other odd off the field circumstances that have gone on with some of those strikers so if we go back to the start of last season united had cavani ronaldo um rashford if you wanted to play him there but martial uh, and Mason Greenwood as, as our four strikers, which you think, that's almost too many. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Now, obviously, Mason hasn't played in 18 months. Ronaldo threw his toys out the pram at the start of the season. He's gone. Cavani basically packed in about December last year, and, and he's gone as well. Um, and you've got Martial, who's the only one of those four left, who has been unfit all season. Um, and obviously, we knew that we were losing Cavani and Mason pretty much at the start of this year, so that's no excuse to not sign anyone else. But there's like... Regardless of the situation, you can't have it where we've gone from four strikers available at the start of last year <coughs> to one. And the one that we've got left is, is 
uh, in terms of physicality, the least reliable. Like, it's a mad situation that we find ourselves in in that number nine position. But, but everything you said there, Joe, and you're right, we, we had a heads up on that. Oh, yeah, of course, yeah. Like, yeah, yeah exactly. Mason Greenwood, we knew what was going on. We knew that yeah. court case could go on for a year, and it did. Yeah. We couldn't, you can't, we don't even know if he'll play for United again. So you can't go, well, we've got him coming back. No. That wasn't an option. No. Cavani was 35 years old, 34 years old. Mm -hmm. Like you said, more or less down tools. So you know you're not relying on him. His contract's up. Ronaldo was 37. Mm-hmm. You know you can't rely on him long term, but even short term, really. So there's three of them yeah. who you can't rely on. Martial, who in the last three seasons or two seasons at Manchester United scored four goals, whatever it was, or mm. eight goals. So there's question marks about him. So you think you've got to buy a striker. Yeah. You've got to. It's essential. Then you lose Ronaldo. Yeah. And what do we do? We've essentially lost Martial as well, haven't we? Yeah. We go, well, we can't afford Felix because he's 20 million quid. So we'll get. Gakpo, uh, not Gakpo, sorry, we'll get um, Veghorst. Mm. We can't get for Gakpo's too much. I know he's not a striker, striker, he plays on the left, but he can play down the middle. We'll, we'll get um, Veghorst, who, you know, and again, it's not, I'm not criticising the kid, it's not his fault, but it's another Igalo type scenario. I think he's better than Igalo, but it's another one of, yeah. we need a stop gap. Who can we get for now? Oh, there's a kid called Veghorst through a rate, we'll get him in. Mm. He is, was at Burnley, he's now at Besiktas, but if we speak to Burnley, throw them a few quid, they'll let us have him. I mean, that's just, it's poor yeah. planning. And I don't blame the manager for that, because I'm guaranteeing the manager will have said to the board, I need a striker, and they'll have gone, well, you're not having any money. Yeah. So he's had to find a freebie. You spent all your money. Yeah. Um, I want to focus on some positives in a minute. I've got some quotes from Ten Hag that I want to look at. But before that, this podcast is brought to you by our friends at Manscaped, yeah? Look at that, 20% off of free shipping using the code DEVILS20. The link to that is in the description and in the comments. But eight million men have joined Manscaped and you can be the next one. Like I said, 20% off free shipping using the code DEVILS20. But what do Manscaped offer, Jay? What is Manscaped? Manscaped, right. It's a way leaders, of life, isn't it, surely? The, the, it is a way of life. They're the leaders in below-the-waist grooming. And when you sign up to Manscaped, right, when you buy from Manscaped, you get the performance package, not 1.0, not 2.0, mm. not 3.0, 4.0. You've got the lawnmower 4.0. You've got the skin-safe technology. There's Joseph There's there the showing. Yeah. Look at the profile on that. Delicious. Look at that bad boy. One thing I like as well for men of a certain age, my age, is the weed whacker, the ear and nose trimmer, because you need that. You've also got the crop reviver, the ball toner. You've got the shed travel bag, so you can put it in your little bag and you can pretend that you're coming off the coach and give a little thumbs up to the cameras, yeah? Mm. You've got all that. Also as well, there's nothing worse than having bit of a whiff down there, is there? Oh, God. So with the deodorant that, they come, that comes with it as well. It smells like mango them. chutney, man. Does it? It's worst. Well, I, I like mango chutney, so that's why you I don't mean, like you this mango chutney. Do not? Yeah, the, well. the man is capitalised in mango. <laughs> and it makes you want to go. <laughs> yeah, it does. Um, yeah, so you get all that, 20% off and free shipping. Yeah. Listen, there's a reason why 8 million men use Manscapes, because they're mint. Yeah. So go and check out the link in the description. Go and get your 20% off, get your free shipping, get your shed travel bag, get your lawnmower 4.0, get your crop reviver, get your crop toner, get your boxer briefs with anti-chafing technology. How is your anti-chafing? She's all right. She's all right, she's on tablets. Go and check out Manscapes. Your balls will thank you this spring. Very nice. Right. Ten Hag, 
couple of uh, couple of quotes from the game yesterday. You mentioned the unprofessional one already, so we'll move yep. on from that. He said, but I think it's a huge difference from Brentford. <coughs> we were 4-0 down at half-time, so we started the game very bad. Today, first half, I think we were the better team. First half, we created the better chances, and we had two one-on-ones with the goalie, and they hadn't. Then before half-time, we make one mistake in terms of organisation, and we concede a goal. So I think we were in the game. So it was really a surprise to me that after the uh, half-time, we were so quick to give the game away. First two goals, two defensive transition moments. First was a turnover, second was a counter. We make such bad decisions, a matter of decisions on the ball. That was with the first one, obviously, but then how we anticipate, how we concede that goal is really annoying. Do you think he... I think yesterday shocked Tenag. I don't think he saw that coming. I mean, obviously, no one saw 7-0 coming, but I, I would have been shocked at 3-0, to be honest. I thought United were in such a good run of form. Excuse me. And I know that obviously the players are tired in a game every three days is, is difficult, but these aren't people that would otherwise be having a week off between, get, you know, it, it, it's typical that top level <coughs> footballers play, whether it's at two games a week or 1.6 games a week over. Do you know what I mean? It's, it's a schedule that they're somewhat used to. Um, I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg. This is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as um, simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. And also, even if they weren't playing games, they'd still be training. They'd still be sprinting and running around and doing physical activity. It's not like they're either on the sofa or they're playing football matches. I'm very surprised at how yesterday panned out. Do you think he was stunned by that a little bit? Definitely. You could see it. Yeah. In his post-match interview, he looked shell-shocked. He looked angry. You can see he was angry. But also, just like you say, shocked. Yeah. Just like, you know, what has gone on there? Why are players that have been playing well for months, yeah. Stop doing the basics and listen. We can give reasons for it, you know, fatigue, just being knackered, maybe having a niggle, whatever. Few players had niggles as well, didn't they? Yeah. Shaw was one, and, and Varane before. There was, there was fitness tests, fitness I think, on tests. Shaw, Varane. Casemiro seemed to pick up something during the game. Yeah. He kept looking at his leg, and he didn't look right. But even so, there's just basics that they were getting wrong. Yeah. There was, you know, Luke Shaw was doing some things that you just. You've not seen him do for months. Yeah. But somebody comes on, a little bit unlucky, but then there's one goal particularly where he lets his man go. Yeah. And again, you've just come on. You should be full of beans. You should be like, right, come yeah. on. Let's, you know, get stuck in. Like, And he did about for about five minutes. And then it was he just joined the yeah. collective rubbishness. And it was like, as a, as a manager, you know, you can only do so much. And I think that you always make the point of, when United lose, we always go, oh, Ten Hag should have done this, or he should have done that, or he should have done that. But there's sometimes where you could be Sir Alex Ferguson in his prime, you couldn't change that game. Mm. You couldn't, there aren't the players at your disposal to turn that around. Now, yesterday, we could not have turned that around. And I don't think the manager, because there was no change he could have made that would have stopped it being a, a defeat. No. Maybe some changes we might have kept it down to four or five, and yeah. I've never thought I'd be saying that, but I am. But I don't think you can go, oh, the manager should have done this, that, and it's all his fault. You have to take some responsibility. But when you've got players that, are good players and who can do a job for you and they just stop doing everything. Like Luke Shaw, for about 15 minutes, just stopped playing football. Mm. Bruno Fernandes did it. Stopped playing. Anthony just was walking around. 
letting his man go. Gakpo ran past about four of our players and yeah. none of them could be bothered picking him up. And you can't legislate for that as a manager. No. And it's unacceptable. But what's annoyed me a little bit is, and we've, you know, everyone's guilty of this and I can be guilty of it. When we're angry and when we start focusing on certain players and Bruno became a whipping boy yesterday, well, can I just read a super chat on that note? Go on. So, uh, Aditi, who's been a member for 26 months, says, Tiredness can be forgiven, but Bruno's whinging and theatrics are unforgivable. Can't be bothered to track back. Lack of effort reminds me of Ralph Time. I don't know what you mean by unforgivable there, like what you're going to sell him. But no. just, just if you take that bit out of it, what do you, what do you make right, of that? It's, it's, it makes a good point there, right? For starters, with Bruno, I will say one thing. The, the histrionics and the play acting do my head in. Yeah. You get pushed in the chest and you're holding your face. I think that should be a red card. Yeah. Honestly, I think get VAR on it. Anyone who does that gets a red card. This thing you did it for Liverpool as well in the first yeah, half. Yeah, and I hate it. it. Was and it Fabinho? Yeah. Like, get touched in the chest and you're holding yeah. your face. Andy Robertson did it. Yeah, Robertson, that was like, it. Like, I hate it. Yeah. And I mean it across the ball. And people stop doing it. Yeah. If you did that and you know you've not been touched in the go to VAR, did he get touched in the face? No, he didn't. It was his chest or his, heart, his shoulder or whatever. Yeah. Red card. Yeah. That would stop that because I cannot stand it. No, I agree. It's so frustrating. You're here to watch football, not stop starting every five minutes because you're pretending you've got a head injury. Because yeah. you know the referee's got to stop for a head injury. It's pathetic, right? So I'm with him on that. I don't want to say any of that. Bruno did drop his worst performance ever in the United States today. There's no denying that, right? But then people start accusing him of things he's not done. Mm. People say he didn't want to come off or he wanted to come off as a sub. No, he didn't. Mm. Like, I think I've sent something through to the lads. There's, a, there's, there's this footage of like, basically, after Sal Salah scored, we made a change. And I think there's Bruno or Matt Rashford or whoever like gesturing to see who's coming off. Because I think they're getting the nod before the board goes up. Yeah. He's not saying I want to come off. Yeah. Like Bruno's a lot of things, but I don't think he's someone who doesn't want to play for Manchester United. So there's that, people just start piling on and saying, oh, well. And that thing where he's supposedly sort of, people saying he shoved the, assist, the, yeah. the assistant referee Another and stuff. One. Like, yeah. so this is the one where. I don't think we can show the <coughs> fight. There's one here. I think Neville said, he was asking to come off, and he wasn't. We've watched it and it's just him going, is it me or who's coming off? Yeah. The, the, the looking around because like, you don't know. Who is it like? Yeah. Does this gesture and then, and then he's to the ref, like, or he opens, can Salah yeah. get back in position because Salah had been off with his shirt off? So there's that. Then there's this thing about, oh, he, he you know, he attacked the lines, he shut the linesman. Dermot Gallagher hardly missed the pro United. It was on Sky and he said, actually, the linesman instigated that yeah. because he grabs Bruno. When Bruno's trying to grab him, and he shouldn't have touched him. Yeah. And he did. And then Bruno just sort of, he says he swats him away like a fly. So it's six of one half dozen of the other. Yeah. Yes, Bruno shouldn't have put his hand on a linesman, but also the linesman shouldn't be grabbing and a player. And he's hardly like pushing him. No, he goes he like that. He just goes like that as he walks And past. he's six nil down or whatever he is at yeah. Anfield at the time. So whilst you can say Bruno was terrible, his histrionics have got to stop, that is not good enough for a Manchester United player, certainly not good enough for a captain. There's also no need to make up things about yeah. him and say, well, you tap the line. Because that's the thing as well. It's like there's enough sticks to be. I was going to say we've lost seven nil already. Yeah. What more do you need to? We don't you know, need any. Have to be this know, witch hunt when, against when, players. Exactly. So this whole he's done two things he hasn't. It's just nonsense. So there's that as well. And I think you know you have to sort of put things in a little bit of perspective. And it saddens me to see things like that because we literally don't need to make up anything about that performance because no. it was terrible. And also, and I, and I don't just mean <coughs> blindly defend every United player because we're United fans, but this is a United team that is third in the league. We're nine points behind City with a game in hand, which is hardly a disaster. We've just won the League Cup. You wouldn't think that the, the outcry would need to be like calling things unforgivable and saying, you know, this is why he's not good enough and all that from losing a game like that. It was obviously a horrendous loss, but I just I don't I don't see what it helps short term or long term for it to be this thing of 
well, this is unforgivable. This I is think a there's disgrace. a term. I, I know what you mean. I think there's a term. It's a phrase in it. Like I, I say it sometimes. Like I don't think it means like literally because we listen to face facts. Bruno scores against Betis, he is forgiven. Yeah. But I get that idea of like that is crossing a line. Matt, the the whole histrionics thing and and play acting. Ten has got to get a grip of that. Yeah. He's got to listen. Listen, I'm not having it. Like you're wasting time when we're down. Yeah. I don't care the game's probably lost anyway, but it's still, just don't do it. It doesn't do you, serve any purpose. Do you think we should have sat back a bit more, 3-0 down? Sort of, because we, 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 we still sort of came out and went for it, um, which may have led to the sort of, the extra, I mean, we could have sat back and lost 7-0, but do you, do you think the way that we kind of didn't change our game was a slightly Steve, silly? Steve made his point. I was chatting to Steve last night on the Three Points in the Gaff podcast. He came on, first time he's ever come on it, bless him, and it was after that defeat. But he said that certain managers... Um, like Klopp and Ten Hag, and maybe to a lesser degree, even Pep Guardiola. Pep Guardiola lost 4 0 Everton in his first season, yeah. where they have to play their way, yeah. and you play that way. And he said, Steve made the point, and it's a great point, that Bielsa's the most extreme example of that, yeah. where he could be getting beaten 5 0 and he'll carry on playing the way he plays. Yeah. Like, you don't alter it. And I think sometimes you've got to. And the way we beat Liverpool at Old Trafford this season, we didn't play massively expansive, play that back football. A lot of it was hoofing it up. Yeah. After the Brentford loss, Ten Hag had just obviously thought, listen, we need to win here. De Gea's all over the gaff, played out for the bat because after the Brentford game, he more or less admitted it was his fault for some of the goals. So let's just get it, clear our lines and let's just get the likes of Sancho and Rashford and Martial, play, I think, played yeah. one half on the end of things and get goals that way. And it worked. Yesterday, we needed a bit of that. We needed a bit more pragmatism. Like, just... Again, I don't want to keep quoting Steve, but he said exactly what I was thinking. It's like, if you look at a lot of them goals that we conceded in the second half, well, they're all nearly all in the second half, there's no, almost no midfield there. No. It's like we're all in the other end. And it's like, we shouldn't have been, we should have just been like low block or whatever the kids want to call it. Just defend. Yeah. Like, yes, losing three or four nil at Anfield is horrible, but it's a lot less horrible than seven. Yeah. And that could have happened. You could have just gone, right, let's just stick an extra man in defence. Let's just do... Four in midfield and Marcus, you're on your own up front. Yeah. So if we do get it up, you just chase it down and try and hold it up or whatever. Try and keep it in seven nil should never happen catch. unless you're down to ten or nine yeah. or eight men, should it? So like, lose seven nil at yeah, three nil. Three nil is a a lot of things went wrong today. We were battered and we were and and we had nothing to show at the other end. That's a three nil. A seven nil is like teams from different leagues, teams with different amounts of players to each other. That's that is that has to have sort of I don't even know if this is a word, but sort of ex... Oh, I'm going to Google it before I say it. Extemporaneous? Extemporaneous. Sounds like a word Yeah, to me. done without any, like, preparation. Like, that has to be, like, we didn't know what was going on here. We, ha we, we, we were just, like, stunned by something. Yeah. Whether that was going down to 10 men or, like, they brought on Mbappe and Pele as subs. And, like, that, that 7-0 is such a stunning result <laughs> that you can't just be like, well, you know, there's nothing we could have done. Because no one loses 7-0. That's what, like, Southampton obviously got that weird 9-0 gene. But other than that, conceding... Well, even like, look at Southampton... Well, the, last the, season, the, actually. The, the games they lost 9-0, they lost a man. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. 
Yeah. They got a man sent off against us like 43 seconds into the game. Yeah. And they had eight injuries. Yeah. So they had children playing. Yeah. Lots of them. If you look at that 11 that started for Southampton and name half them, they've gone. They yeah. don't know where they are. No. So it's mitigating circumstances. And also, no disrespect, they're Southampton, yeah. not Manchester United Football Club. It is weird, isn't it? That this, I know, obviously, the, this, the Liverpool Villa 7 2 is, is the one sort of outlier to what I'm about to say. But I don't. When's the last time City conceded three goals, or four, four goals, sorry, let alone six or seven? Um, Liverpool are slightly different because they've got that almost that similar thing that we have where it's like you just stick to how you play, this is how we play. They got battered by Real Madrid. Um, but it seems so rare for the other top teams to do what we do as regular as we do it. Um, and I know you can say things have got better this season, they have. And I'm not, this isn't me trying to sort of cause any sort of big, long lasting implications here or reading too much into it. But it's weird how in the last sort of two seasons, we've conceded fours, fives, sixes, and sevens so much more than any of the other big teams. Um, Someone pointed out on, it? on Twitter, I think it was a lot of Phil Michael, who he said, like, you look at, you got. You know, even going back to the 4 0 Everton, yeah. I think that's that happened twice, or was it once? I'm imagining it. It's once, isn't it? Yeah. I'm not twice, I don't know when I'm getting twice for. 4 0 Everton, 4 1 against City, 6 1 against. Oh no, 4 six, 1 against Leicester. 6 1 against City is the different one, that's Fergie, but um, the Leicester one, the Brighton one, the Brentford yeah. one. Brighton last season was 4 0, wasn't it? Yeah. Brentford was 4 0 this season. Um, 6-3 against City. 6-3 against City. 5-0 um, against Liverpool. 4-0 against Liverpool. Like, yeah. this is a team that seems... And I hate using this term because I think that these are lads who, you know, have proven a lot this season and have done a lot yeah. this season and have, you know, given us some joyous occasions, not least of all at Wembley when, you know, it was only a week ago we were all singing the praises. But they do have a little bit with almost med mental fragility, mm. where when it gets to two goals down or three, people start crumbling. Mm. Like it's not a coincidence that a lot of players who've who've you know experienced the six three loss to City have also experienced the seven 0 loss to Liverpool and the five 0 loss to Liverpool. Six one to Tottenham as well. I know I was going back a little bit now, but it was under Solskjaer, wasn't it? Where we were ten men, the the one where Martial got sent off. Like, against another heads one. drop. Yeah. And some of these results were at home. Some of them behind closed doors. Yeah. So we've not even got fans there. It's like there is something in the sort of psyche almost of United at the minute where if we do go a few goals behind, we're liable to just fall apart. Yeah. And you can't even put it down to experienced players because in Varane, Casemiro, even like Sir Bruno and Rashford, they've been around for a long time. Mm. Shaw's been around for eight years or whatever it is, or nine years, I think, in the Premier League. So why why do we just suddenly lose our heads when we go three goals know. behind? In a way that no one else does. That's the thing that I, I don't get. I know, like I said, there's this, the seven two. I can't think of the last time City's conceded more than three. Um, but obviously, I'm, I guess it's happened in the last few years, but maybe not. Um, and I know we're not at the same level as City, but you don't see Tottenham conceding six, five, six, and sevens. The occasional two, three, or four, but like those like mega results. Or, you know, those ones where you're like, these are what in the past, were, like the 6-1 against City was the first time I'd ever seen United get battered like that, ever, as a, a growing up. Obviously, we had Ferguson and things were different, but that's the first time I went, oh my, we can get pummeled. But is, since then, it's been like, of course, yeah, we can get pummeled. That happens multiple times a season, every season. Never, it's weird, never it? made the point, like, because even in the third, like, we lost 5-0 at St. James's, we lost 6-3 at Southampton in the third game. Yeah. Like, obviously, the 6-1, it did happen, but... You never questioned United and thought there's something going on here. No. Like, something wrong with this team. And also, that was over the course of a 25 or 27 year career. 
yeah, over the last four or five years, we've seen regular hammerings. Yeah. Like, it's and hammerings weird, where it? the game's done after an hour. And mm. like, you're all, you know, oh my God, this could be... Against City, I thought, I genuinely at one point thought we're going to lose 9-0. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, th- I did. I thought, this is going to... My, the slight worry I had in the back of my mind was, this could be... Well, we were 6-1 down after like 60 minutes, yeah. weren't we? and I thought, if this carries on, this could be 10-1 or yeah. something. Could be, it could have been anything that yeah. game, couldn't it? Like... You know, we sort of Arsenal, didn't they, under, under Wenger? And that's weird because that was under Wenger as well. Sometimes, you know, things can fall apart and that can happen. But mm. for it to happen so consistently for United, it's got to be addressed. Something going on there. And it's you can't have that. You can't have it where if United go three goals behind with half an hour to go, part of you st- should still think as Manchester United, we can get back in. We've got a chance. We've got a chance of, of equalising. You certainly shouldn't be thinking this could be six or seven, which is what is going on now. Yeah. We've seen <coughs> 17 goals in our last four games to Liverpool. I mean, I've never seen that in my lifetime. No. I've seen us beat, lose, lose four. The thing is, I saw us lose 4 1 at Old Trafford and we won the league that season and they yeah. finished second. Mm. So, I've never seen us be this poor so consistently against Liverpool and City to a lesser degree. Yeah. You know, yeah. City have had us over a few times. I think with City, it's almost been like the patting on the head game. Like the four one at the Etihad, yeah, the two 0 at Old Trafford was just a draining game for him. Over after half an hour, never got out of second gear. Didn't really want to risk any injuries. Mm. Just coasted. In terms of being a little bit positive then, and kind of riding this wave, because we've we've got to sit here. We've got to be a little bit. You know, there's there's always going to be an element of <coughs> licking our wounds a little bit today. What <coughs> like we're not just going to be like, oh, everything's great because yeah. it's not, and you need time to sort of go through things. But in terms of going forward, when you talk about those results, the six three aside. It felt like in all of those other ones, I, I, for some reason I still thought we had, we, I felt positive after the 6-3, not positive after the result, but like long-term. But the 5-0 was awful, and it was the beginning of the end for Solskjaer, and you knew it. The, uh, the 4-0 against Liverpool was Rangnick just continuing to be horrendous that, that we saw. Uh, some of those results, even, even the City 6-1, for the first time, part of me thought, Fergie's, what was Fergie then, 68, 69, and you think, there, is, there can't be another 15 yet, you know, and it felt like City were going, they'd gone from being nothing to getting all the money, and then they battered us, and you thought, shit, these are going to be a real problem now. So there was that element of doom to that. The game yesterday is the first one of these sort of massive results where I've kind of gone, I, I can see how that's happened, but I don't feel as though this is going to be the beginning of the end for any sort of major figure at the club, like, like I've seen with the other ones. I kind of feel like this is a huge speed bump, but just a speed bump on what is otherwise going to be uh, hopefully a successful time for United. I don't think this is, do you know what I mean? All the rest of them had a kind of beginning of the end or the end for certain managers. This one feels a bit more like, right, we'll move past this. Do you feel like that or do you think this could be a sort of a, well, obviously anything could be a real down, you know, a downturn ahead. But I, am I stupid for feeling like this is just going to be, in the grand scheme of things, a blip rather than you know the sign of things to come? No, you're not stupid because I think you look at this manager. He's still learning Premier yeah. League. Let's not forget he's only been here six months in yeah. Premier League, so he's still finding his feet. He's still got certain things where you go, okay, maybe I was a little bit naive there. Okay, that I could have got away with that in Holland or I could have got away with that in a different thing because I'm not going to get away with it at Anfield. So he's still learning. Just the same way that Klopp was learning in his first couple of seasons. Mm. Klopp lost three finals at Liverpool before he won anything. Yeah. Finished, I think, eighth in the 30s, first season, whatever it was. Yeah. Which I, I, I said I'll go finish above that. 
Pep didn't win anything his first season at Let's say finished third, I think. Like I know them two have, you know, gone on to win things, but my point is it took them a little while yeah. to, to get to where they were. So it's gonna take Eric Tenag a little while. We were shocking last season. Yeah. We were terrible. Terrible. The worst United side I've ever seen. And I'm just about old enough just to remember the end of Atkinson. Hopeless, helpless, horrendous, like, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. There was no positives. No. Nothing. It was awful, right? Ten hours come in and he's learned after the first couple of games, right? That player, this player is not for me. Yeah, I need I need that signing. I need this signing. Got it working again. Got it in the Ad. Little bit naive, especially midfield. Learn from that. Then you see another great run. Yeah. Go to Villa. Again, disappointed. Bounces back again. Mm. He keeps doing that. He learns from his mistakes. Saucy dad, he learned from it. Yeah. Who I can rest, who I can't, what I can get away with. I expect him to do the same. My only ever concern when we get a bad result under this manager is I don't want any panicking. Yeah. I don't want fans turning on him. Because there might be another two or three bad results in the next month. That's any, possible. Anyone can stand in Wembley, Wembley, like we did last week, and chant Eric Tanag's name and get behind him when you yeah. just won a trophy. Yeah. Anyone can stand there when you beat Liverpool and Arsenal and... Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Seems like Old Trafford and sing his name. And sing this, yeah, you know, City and tweet about how wonderful he is and how much you love him. But when he starts losing a couple of games, when he goes through a sticky patch, that's when you've got to get behind him. Mm. It's not him. He's inheriting a mess. He's turned it around. Mm. He's still got a learning curve to go through. Now, he has to learn quickly. He hasn't got loads and loads of time. But he's got at least one season where he can find his feet a little bit. He's already won a trophy. Yeah. We're on for another trophy. We're in the top four looking good for that despite the result at Anfield. So you just got to get behind this manager. Yeah. Because the last thing you need now is... Fa- and I'm not saying this is happening because I haven't really seen any of no. it. But you don't want to, you know... So let's say we get beat off better. People go, well, Ten Hag's, you know, flattered to deceive. He's not up to it. Of course he is. This guy is the right man for Manchester United. And if he's back the right way, the way that Pep was, the way that Klopp was, we'll have the success that them Muppets have had. I guarantee that. I'm sure as a day is long, this manager will win a title at Manchester United if he's backed. And that's what they've got to do. He's mm. got to back him. And as a fan, that's what I'm not going to tell the fans what to do, but as a fan, I'm going to get behind him. Yeah. And listen, I hate Liverpool Football Club. I despise him. And I was painful. It was painful yesterday, sorry. I was gutted. So it's not like I can just shrug off a 7 0 slip and go, ah, Selavi. It hurts me. But it doesn't make me question this manager long term. Mm. Of course, he's the right man for the job. And I think everyone. Pretty much from what I've seen knows that. And I just hope the board realise that as well because they're a bunch of idiots sometimes who can, you know, do the wrong thing, but they need to do the right thing by this man. Definitely. Couldn't agree more with that. Um, and I was saying to you before, one of the, I think this is the first manager we've had since Ferguson where, there's the, you know, I'm not saying that he will last 10 years in the job and he will, um, you know, be successful for a decade because that's obviously almost impossible in football as we've seen. But I think if we were successful, he would be here for 10 years. You know, you couldn't say that. The only we've had four sort of permanent managers since since Sir Alex before Ten Hag. Um, Moyes, I think he could have been here for ten years because of the type of man he is. But he didn't have that winning record. He never had that pedigree to manage Man United. Van Gaal, he had the pedigree, but he could never have been there for ten years. He was talking about retiring before he came to United, let alone afterwards. Then we went with uh, Jose, another one who 
Again, got that winning pedigree, but in in an ideal world, you get four years out of Jose. You're never getting that long-term changing of the club. Here's how the academy play. Here's how I want the first team to play, sort of cultural change. And then uh, Solskjaer, who I think, again, would have stayed for 10 years, but d again, didn't have that pedigree. He's the first manager we've had who could genuinely oversee a cultural change and, and multiple generations of a team at Man United and be here for a decade if the success on the pitch sort of facilitates that and has got a track record of winning everywhere he's been. He's the first time we've had that. We can't just, you know, like I said, I don't see a lot of it, but any, any sort of glimpse or glimmers you have of, of a kind of doubt, I do think we need to sort of put that to one side because he's done so many good things already this season, massively overachieved on where people thought, and Steve made a good point on, on his review for Paddock yesterday. But if you go back and look at the, the, the pre-season predictions, not just on our channel, but on, on the sort of, you know, the, the general football channels, other United fans channels, other teams fans channels, anyone who put United in the top four was, get, was getting as if United are in the top four, it's Chelsea have done this, Liverpool have done this, City have done this and they'll be whatever. There's no way United are getting top four, let alone sort of so far a good gap to fifth and we've won a trophy already. So I think that this sort of result is one of those ones where you have to take stock of the whole season because it's such a, a result of such a huge magnitude that you have to kind of look at things and where are we with things, is there cause for concern? But I think the conclusion has to be no, because things have been so good and they hopefully will continue to be good. I couldn't agree more. Just before we wrap up, give us yeah. your Wally of the Week. Um, Wally of the Week, good question. Hmm. Probably, it's not even a particular person, it's just Arsenal. Right, okay. That, I can't, I, it's making me sick that they keep doing this. Yeah. How do they keep doing it? Like, I, I was watching the game and paint, sort of keep an eye on it. When the result's going well, I don't look because I feel like I'm going to jinx it. And my cousin texts me saying, oh, well, City are going to win the league again. This was like the 94th minute. I was like, <coughs> Arsenal will win this. And, I, and, it, and it annoys me and pisses me off that I've got confidence in Arsenal to come back from 2-0 down and win games. And then they did it. And yeah. then United are fucking miles off him now. But, it do, yeah, Arsenal pissed me off this week. Fair enough. Who's yours? Uh, I'm going to make my one of the week myself. No. For all the bravado and bragging and nonsense I did before the Liverpool up. game. We're going to do him. I was tweeting all sorts of nonsense. I uh, look at Klopp losing the plot. I uh, look at Tanag Ice Cool. Uh, Marcus Rashford's going to tear him apart. We beat Barcelona. Barcelona beat Real Madrid. Real Madrid beat Liverpool. We're going to go to Anfield and absolutely turn them over. We're not beating for seven years. We're due a win. All that nonsense. And I've got a massive slice of egg pie on my face there. So I am for You're the first time ever. Well. I'm the one anyway. Listen. Can I just read one super chat quickly? Yeah, Daniel sorry. Kirk says, I feel like after a breakup, it keeps replaying in my mind, uh, but we have to remember what this manager has done for us. Thanks for the therapy, guys. Thank you uh, to you at home that, as well. Thanks, Daniel Kirk. I'm um, going to wrap up there. <coughs> Don't forget to check out Manscaped's link in the description. Big yes. thanks to them sponsoring the podcast. Joe, where can people find you? Joe Smith93 on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, you know how to find me, Jay Motty. That's been Joe. I've been Jay. This has been the Palette Podcast. Thanks for watching. Podcast Network. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.